Welcome to this episode of Flies on the Ball. This episode we talk about the latest round of Premier League results, our fantasy football woes, and the controversy surrounding recent postponements of Premier League games. Enjoy. So, yeah, we all captained Manuel Dennis for this game week, and he has proceeded to do very little for us. Would anyone like to share their grief with the group? Four points as a captain. That's two points. He got two points. I'm not ready to talk about it. Still still raw. When you have Joao Cancelo with 11 points on your bench, seeing your captain with two bloody points, or, sorry, four points, because double, oh... <laughs> it's, it's, it's infuriating it's okay, he's got that double game week he plays he plays again right oh yeah R- right <laughs> this is the stress of the FPL football manager <laughs> but there were some interesting results this week oh definitely I think we could also even talk about game of the week yeah, so, yeah, not just game of the week but goal of the week uh, I don't know if you saw Ward Prowse's free kick but it was an absolute banger I saw the other free kick against Crystal Palace but <laughs> was it similar to that one uh, it was further actually... out Okay. Um, it was just an absolute. It was further out, and it was similar to a Ronaldo kind of free kick. It was just oh, wow. straight knuckleball, yeah. far corner. Uh, Saar had no chance really of getting it. Very nice. Unfortunately, it did not save Southampton though. No, who it did not. still lost three one. Wolves are really impressive. I'm glad I brought Saar in, even though it did concede that belter of free kick. But the thing is, I already made a transfer. So when I brought him in for Ramsdale, who wasn't going to play because the North London derby was off. I was losing four points, but then Saar has got, um, off the top of my head, a few seven, points. Seven, Not even for, that was just for saves. Saves and bonus. They conceded. He didn't even get the clean sheet, but... Seven, so minimise my damage. But yeah, um, Wolves are doing well. Connor Cody got a goal in that game, which was really unexpected. I brought him in because I figured that he would get a clean sheet against Southampton because Wolves did come off um, a string of three straight clean sheets, doing pretty well defensively. Not so good offensively, but pretty well defensively. And then, yeah, he gets a goal, which is a which is a, n- a nice surprise, especially considering how Southampton then went and scored, losing the clean sheet. That was his second goal, his second goal this season and his third overall. I can, you can see the previous season's history and he had one goal yeah. last season. And then no, nothing else. You see, I brought him in for the goals. I brought him in for the goals. <laughs> yeah, Wolves, Wolves have been tight throughout the season, so it's an understandable choice. I had Cody. I used a free hit, and I did not have Cody. That's a Sam masterclass. It was something. Did you bring any Everton players in, though? Because they lost to Norwich, which turned out to be Benitez's last game. They did. I almost brought in an Everton player, and then last minute I swapped them out for Sissoko from Watford, who got one point. So you know, why do you bring in Sissoko? He barely gets any points. Why? Because I need another midfielder. You know, it's really sad as I have Ward Prowse on the bench. That's what the free hit does to you. The free hit makes you do things that nobody in their right mind. That's why I got rid of my two quite early on. Wait, Jack. Jack, did you did you say Benitez was sacked? I did not know that. But no, in, in that game, I did have Damari Gray because I've I've sort of made it a um a thing of mine now. I'm really sorry, Norwich, but I have made it a thing of mine now to just look at whoever's playing Norwich and perhaps transfer in a player for specifically the purpose of maybe getting points against Norwich. I kept Damari Gray for that reason because I figured he might get a goal and or an assist against Norwich. Instead, no, they lose. Norwich actually scored twice. Is it worth touching upon the fact that, it, well, you could probably argue convincingly that Benitez was doomed from the start. 
given his yes. association with Liverpool, his comments on Everton being a small club made while he was, I believe, manager of Liverpool. Yeah, the Everton, Everton fans were never going to warm to him. Is that the first in a hundred years, right? Yes, it is the first manager to manage both clubs, and it did not last very long. During and he's managed to create because Liverpool fans joke that he was agent Rafa, and when you look at his time at Everton, you actually you could argue that he he's done a lot more damage than a normal manager would because he came in, he signed a few okay players, he got rid of head of um, performance and stuff like that, had a key a few members of the Everton's backroom staff got rid of all that just so he could have more power and the club backed him on this and then he gets rid of Luca Dean to Aston Villa mm-hmm. earlier this month They're one of their best players and then so the club back him over Dean Luca Dean and then they sack him a few days later so I think it's fair to say Everton are a mess at the moment they are poorly run the fact that they got Benitez in in the first place you could argue demonstrated that they are a bit out of touch with what their fans like I mean what, what must that mean for Everton though because they've now had um, Carlo Ancelotti and Rafa Benitez, the two Champions League winning managers in the past couple of years, and both of those haven't worked out. So you kind of wonder who they'll go for next, really. Well, Ancelotti was a bit it was a bit of a surprise departure, wasn't it? As far as I remember, it was he kind of left them a bit. Yeah, it, he was basically just offered the was it um, Real, real Madrid, job, Real yeah. Madrid job, yeah. To be and, fair, you don't turn and that so down. So he just upped and left. Yeah, and he wasn't bad at Everton. He was doing okay, yeah. nothing special, but. I think it just put Everton in their place, which is understandable, really. Um, if you get offered a, a job as big as the Real Madrid job, then you're going to consider it, especially if, like Ancelotti, you've got a good history of that club. So I don't yeah. blame him for leaving. I don't either, no. But yes, in terms of potential successors, there are rumours that uh, Martinez has been contacted, Lampard has been contacted, um, they're considering Wayne Rooney as well, who's currently with Derby. Um, Derby who are in who are in trouble at the in moment. trouble but to be fair to Rooney he's doing a decent job I don't mean points deduction wise I mean as in there's um, talk about them uh, being booted out of the league essentially really I thought there was also talk of them being bought by Mike Ashley as well that's even yeah, worse yeah well there is but the thing is <laughs> but the thing is no, no, no one's willing to buy them while they've got these lawsuits from Middlesbrough and Wickham mm. and obviously if you're in administration so long without finding a buyer the EFL rules are to you know. I think it was eighteen months. You can't be eighteen in it. months. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if Derby County went. It, it'd be atrocious, it, and it's it's testament massive, to how badly yeah. the EFL have handled this. And the EFL actually had to make a statement saying they weren't actively trying to destroy Derby because people think that they're actively trying yeah. to destroy Derby because they're not. Uh, basically, the, these lawsuits like against. Uh, from Middlesbrough and, and, and Wickham, they've just allowed to go on and on and it's blocking any potential buyers, which is blocking Derby from leaving administration, which is therefore ultimately could lead to them. This is the most high profile case of a club, a massive club potentially just disappearing. We've had Macclesfield and uh, Berry, yeah, in the past yeah. going. Macclesfield has been reinvented slightly under a different guise. Hopefully it comes back. But imagine if Derby County went. I mean, A team that, yeah, like back in the 70s, won the league. I think a, twice. A good history, a nice rich history, a big club. A, yeah, a club. It'd, it'd club. be a travesty. I mean, it's a travesty to lose any team to to financial troubles, especially considering we're just coming out of a pandemic. But it's yeah, it, it's it's not good uh, for sure. And uh, and if a club like Derby disappeared, rival fans wouldn't get anything out of that really, because yeah. Well, if you did, then you're a bit too caught up in tribalism. Hmm. The football's fun because there's a rivalry, because there's um, oh yeah, a club you can essentially fight against but if that disappeared if you wouldn't have the um you wouldn't have the brian clough trophy anymore 
which is what no. they they use in games between um, Derby County and Nottingham Forest. It'd be it'd be a real shame uh, to lose him. Sorry, I just touched on that because of the Wayne Rooney uh, situation. Possibly he'd be getting a call from Everton, but uh, I don't know. It, is is that a mistake for him? He's still relatively new. He's only really managed Derby, right? A mistake for Everton. Well, both of them probably. You'd expect yeah. them to have. Well, they're not they're not going to be able to pick anyone worse than Benitez in terms of, for the fans probably. But they could at least aim, maybe not for Ancelotti level, but they did get him. Like they have, they do have history and a, a pull. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, I, I, personally, I think they should go for Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> I was about to ask, what's the worst possible choice? Like, what's the worst possible choice Everton could go for? That might be it. <laughs> well, I just think because they need to, they w- I wouldn't be surprised if they just back Duncan, Big Dunk, for the rest of the season and then find someone in the summer because they can't do too much fan service because that won't necessarily work. Well, I mean, the, the rate they're going, then. <laughs> they might want to call Big Sam. <laughs> true, yeah, true. Bring Roy Hodgson in. They could quite easily get sucked down into that relegation fight if they're not careful. And they play us soon, which will be an interesting game. Leeds are on the up, so I think Leeds have a good chance there. Well, Big, yeah, we did yeah. beat West Ham 3-2. So let's talk about that game. Yeah. yeah. Do you enjoy that game, Sam? It was very good. It was a very good game. So we went ahead initially with a Harrison goal and we defended after that quite quite well. But the problem was we had two, so we barely have any players as it is, facing a huge injury crisis. And we finally get Rodrigo and Stroik back. Now, Rodrigo's on the bench. He's not ready to play a full 90 minutes. Um, Stroik comes straight back in at centre-back because Lorente's suspended. Uh, and we, we we do quite well. We've got two players back. The rest of the bench, so there's, there's one senior player on the bench. The rest of them are all in the 23s, including Archie Gray, who's 15. 22 minutes in. Forshaw and Furpo go down at the same time. Um, so Forshaw gets subbed off for a, um, uh, I think it was Hild who who got brought on for Forshaw, and then Koch moved up into midfield. So uh, Hild came on then, and then Furpo tried to continue, but within sixty seconds he was off as well for for Lewis Bate. Uh, both of those making their debut, taking us up to eight teenagers this season, which is you know mad. And you know after that, bit shaky. We ended up conceding not long after, and then immediately got another goal back. So it was it was very the lots of ups and downs defensively, a little bit shaky, especially from set pieces. Every time they had a set piece, it, you know, heart and mouth moment. But um, other than that, offensively looked a heck of a lot better. Um, and there's still Bamford uh, to come back, Rodrigo to come back fully. Um, so we've got players on the way back. Hopefully, has Harrison always been has Harrison always been a, such a goal threat? Because he looked very accomplished in most of his finishes. He scored lots of goals, especially his uh, third goal. Yeah, his third goal was really good. Um, it that was his first hat trick, uh, but he scored last season quite a lot. Um, I think probably six or seven um, last season. I don't remember exactly. Um, this season, not so many. I think this was his fourth league goal. Yeah, and you know, three of them came this <laughs> this game. I, so. I know that all too well as I actually started. Um, this FPL season with, um, you know, I started out with Harrison in the team and I did stick with him for a couple of game weeks, but then promptly, promptly removed him when, when I saw that there wasn't much going on there. Yeah, he he was, he was suffering from a lack of form um, uh, early in the season, but I think this, this will have really boosted his confidence. I mean, he comes on last week and scores and then this week he's just come out swinging. But it, it's completely changed. Um, so, so winning, beating West Ham 3-2, because West Ham are a brilliant team. Um, and still in fourth place, I think. Um, but doing that has lifted Leeds to nine points clear of the relegation zone. But looking up the table, I think they're only um, 
like three points from from Leicester in tenth. Yeah. yeah. So it's three points from the top half of the table, nine points from the relegation zone. It's looking up. <laughs> and also, um, in spite of the loss, West Ham is still a very very good option. Um, you know, so Bowen still got a goal. Antonio still got an assist. Still, still good good options there. Four nails. Yeah, four nails as well. The the other game down at the bottom of the table, so Leeds West Ham, um, Leeds took three points. Norwich took three points from Everton, and then the other game, um, from below there. Since I think Burnley's were, but both of Burnley's this week have been postponed. So then there was Newcastle against Watford, which ended in a one-all draw. Not 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 mm. not the best of results for either of either parties. Newcastle was yeah. so close to winning, yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, well, it, yeah. you say so close. I mean, Watford, it, it was pretty even, right? Um, or it looked it. So I don't know. I think one one's probably fair. But of course, we're all angry at the fact that um, <laughs> Emmanuel Dennis didn't score in that game either. Yes, I'm also angry yes. that San Maximan chose. Chose now to score and not the two months that I had him. Why is he doing this? It's why has he done this specifically to (laughs) us? Why why did Dennis not score? And Dennis didn't even play the full game. I don't think. Do you think you'll keep him? Do you think you'll keep Dennis? He's got uh, great. He's got Norwich. They're at home to Norwich after this, so I'm gonna say one more week at least. Yeah, because he's really been more good than he's been bad. Oh, yeah, because then That's afterwards you'll have like Man City and then Wolves or something. <laughs> and he scores six goals in each uh, game. West Ham away. Oh, West Ham God, yeah. Uh, Brighton at home. Uh, we've got a couple of. Oh, I don't know. You'd call them. What's the fixture rating? There might be a, a few threes coming up. Not very many greens. No, that wasn't good for audio either. Some good, some good chances, I suppose. Some good chances for him to score in the next few games. Speaking of, of I suppose uh, that kind of. I don't know if we... Because we haven't really talked about a particular fixture. We kind of blended the fixtures with FPL. So on that note, the the Aston Villa game was very good. Very dramatic. Good for the neutral, at least. And oh, yeah. that catalyst for that was Coutinho. So are any of you tempted yeah. to bring Coutinho in? I know it's one game. And United Man aren't United. very good at the back, to put it mildly. Although they are slightly better without Maguire at the moment. But would you be tempted to bring Coutinho in if he's accommodated properly? Into the Villa system. How much is Coutinho at the minute in seven? Fantasy football? Seven, oh, seven that's, million. That's not FPL. bad. That's not no. bad, honestly, because he he's, he must he must still be a good player. Surely, he must still be a, a a pretty all right player. Can't be that bad. Yeah, I think he's he's still good. He's still he's just his time at at Barcelona. He was uh, lukewarm most of it at Bayern. He did well, but then again, he was part of a buying team that was scoring goals for fun back in 2019-20 when they won, was it six trophies in the end? Um, so he's still decent. He's not a leader. He has to be, if he's surrounded by players who are dynamic and have a have a commanding presence, then he's going to flourish. But you can't, he won't take the game by the scruff of the neck. He won't, he's not that kind of player. He doesn't have the authority or the presence. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a, a, a home a, debut uh in front of a lot of very excited villa fans uh against man united who are really surviving on individual quality not on any sort of team cohesion or or you know no. actual so Cause, you know. yeah because the, the first goal actually man united's first goal um it was a fernandez goal it was credited to fernandez but it was more um a blunder by um it was Leonardo martinez yeah i mean he's usually reliable and i mentioned i heard this on um talk sport i think the other day and um they mentioned how you know, prudently that Martinez has a lot of credit in the bank with Villa fans 
because he's done so well for them. So one mistake won't change a thing. Not just that. Mm. I don't think he really. I think he really takes everything. Really owns everything. All his mistakes. I'm not basing this just on the fact that he posted on Instagram with a still of him clawing the ball from the, from the inside of the goal right after his mistake, but that is partially what I'm basing it on. Um, but no, he just does seem to doesn't seem to shy away. He's got that kind of crazy. He's got the crazy streak, but it's combined with a good. I don't know. He's just a good personality, and I say that as an as an Arsenal fan, I do miss him a little bit, and I kind of wish we had him back. Maybe. Um, we all make mistakes. It's okay, Martinez. And to be fair, he did still make four saves in the game, at least in FPL terms. Yeah, he's a good choice to have in your team, although Saar at Wolves has just been a revelation. He was gutted that he let that free kick in. Oh, yeah. he's. I saw, yeah, if you look at the Ward Prowse footage again and again, even though it was almost unstoppable, Saar is uh, gut, yeah, really disappointed in himself, which is a good attitude to have as a keeper, as any player, really. If something goes wrong, even if it's mild, even if you could argue persuasively that you had no chance in uh, preventing it, being disappointed in failure is good because it means it'll drive him forward. So I'll probably keep him in my team for now, even though Ramsdale will be back soon. Yeah, I've got Saar coming back next week after the free hit's gone, along with Son. Who do Wolves have in their next few fixtures? Uh, Wolves' next game is against Brentford. Speaking of which, oh dear. Oh yeah, oh dear. I know, Three? yeah. Brentford are not falling by the wayside. They're just, they've got no... They haven't run out of steam. They just don't have steam, I think. Just basically. quite a poor run Well, of they've form. won one yeah. in the last five and the other four have all been losses. Hmm. Do you but think it's... they are outside chance to be the third team down? I don't think they'll be relegated. I mean, they've got 23 points. They've got a lot of points in the bank already. Um, and we're talking about teams that are... Uh, I mean, Norwich, 13 points from 21 games. I think Norwich are done. There are worse teams than Brentford, put it that way. Yeah. As long as they pick up points now and then because they need to stop this form as soon as they can yeah they they, they do but i think i think 23 it, it, they've got enough of a cushion that they they can be afforded a little bit of time i think they'll probably finish lower than they currently are uh, ma- mainly because i i expect leeds to pick up more <laughs> points <laughs> well see brentford are on 23 but they've played they've played more games than five of the teams below them yes they have but only that. So they played twenty one. I think the the team that's played the least is obviously Burnley. Who've <laughs> only played seventeen. <laughs> They're going to have hell when it comes to playing all those fixtures at once. So I don't think Burnley are going to get maximum points from that. I don't think Burnley that would get be hilarious from them. That would be hilarious for my spreadsheet. <laughs> Just one week they shoot from twentieth up to top half, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it it would be a sight to see, but I don't I don't see them see them win I don't see them winning all those games without the fixture congestion, let alone with it. Um, so I think they're safe from from Burnley. Newcastle is such a tricky one because they they have the ability to buy so many players. Like they just bid over forty million for Hazard. So you know, yeah, they, and it was accepted, uh, but he doesn't want to come play for Newcastle. That's what the BBC uh, thing says. So you know. I'm glad he's not coming over uh, for them. I guess with um with, with Brentford, but um, I guess it was ultimately a bit of a tall order to for them to get points against Liverpool, even even if they're without Salah and Mane. It was maybe a bit of a tall order for them to get points at Anfield. Um, well, yeah. they were in the they were in the game for quite a while. It was the last first goal. half it was, was a a, difficult for Liverpool. A a Brentford were nice and dogmatic. But yeah, as Ben said, yeah, the third goal was uh, due to a goalkeeper mistake. Um, Brentford, you could argue, missed their main keeper. But, um, but yeah, they were in the game for most of the first half, partly down to Liverpool not having ideas of how to break Brentford down. As Klopp said after the game, Brentford have a unique way of making it hard for Liverpool to get through them. Although you could 
pointless to a wider case in general. And there's a good athletic article on this about how many teams don't press Liverpool because that suits that. That's what Liverpool want. Liverpool want you to go toe to toe with them because they will outfight you and beat you. But if you sit back, as we saw with Arsenal in the League Cup, if you sit sit back and form a compact defence compact unit then you're asking the kind of questions Liverpool don't want to answer because Liverpool don't have the kind of creative now midfield that a Manchester City have for example whereby they can break a team down through various clever moves Liverpool outwork you and like to just smash against that wall as it were but if it's a strong solid compact wall then it's harder but Liverpool like to exploit space more pertinently in behind so if you play an open game of football there'll be gaps in and around your back four in your midfield and Liverpool like to exploit that especially with their fullbacks bombing on. But if you're in a low block, giving Liverpool no space to use, then it's harder, which is why Arsenal did so well. Oh, oh, then again, that's so not that's simplifying forced into Arsenal. Forced into yeah, that simplifying. Scenario. True, yeah. Although, yeah, Arsenal were forced into that and credit to Arsenal, they worked hard because you can't just uh, form a... Well, I think they Arsenal had a 5-3-1 or something like that uh, off the top of my head. Basically, a compact... Something like that. You can't have that compact shape and have it work without working hard. You have to work hard. I remember, it reminds me of when Palace went to Man City earlier in the season and won 2-0. They had a very compact shape, but it worked because they worked hard. They had runners like Gallagher, for example, would help the fullback a lot just to cover the space. And he also worked hard in bombing forward and creating chances going forward. So Brentford, again, they had a compact shape and it worked for the first half, but then Liverpool found a way in, basically. Well, the... The the problem is the, the the problem with that sort of tactic is it relies it relies on you not conceding. So once you've conceded the first goal, you naturally have to open up because otherwise you're not going to get anything. Yeah. Um, and and that's probably where the downfall came. Basically, yeah. Brentford weren't bad. They just didn't know how to respond. They had one or two chances on Liverpool's goal, but yeah, they didn't offer a lot. Th- there's no shame to losing to Liverpool three 0 though. Like. Not, not for, not for any team, really. No, 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 no shame at all. Definitely. <laughs> Man United lost five 0 to Liverpool at Old Trafford. Keep saying it. <laughs> so yes, you know. yes, that was. I mean, Liverpool, Man United's case in that. I mean, we could go over that game till the cows come home. And by we, I mean I will. But um, it was United. Yeah, that's another uh, example entirely of how disorganisation against a team as dangerous as Liverpool just is going to lead to disaster. Because United is a case back then, at least on the Solskjaer, of no organisation at all. Um, Brentford, another game. So that's another three points for Liverpool, which, I mean, if they win their game in hand, they are still... Eight points behind eight City. Points behind and City. if they beat City, if they beat City at the Etihad, then it's five points. Yes. If. Which, but that's an if. It, it, it's a tall order. I mean, it's... There's still half a season left. My, I think Liverpool fans are have accepted the fact that the title's basically gone, but they are in three cups still. But sp- speaking of teams at the top of the table, Chelsea did not win their game against Man City. You could argue that they lost. The, you, could, you could argue that they lost. <laughs> but that, I mean, I don't think there's much of an argument. That just further, they were that just further confirms well it, though, doesn't it? Mm. That the title is pretty much City's. Yeah, or, or at the very least... Definitely not Chelsea's. No. I mean, so, it I was think... nice to have a three-horse race, but then it's. I was hoping if it was three-horse, it would go maybe go down to two-horse. Well, it would be nice if like horse. all three horses were <laughs> had an equal chance of winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, the thing now is 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 whether or not Chelsea will finish, still finish, top four. I think Chelsea are good enough to finish top they three. They should. They should. I don't think West Ham have the 
squad depth to push higher. I think West Ham are doing almost peaking, basically. Uh, it's, it's a matter of whether Tottenham can uh, develop some form, whether Arsenal can remove the inconsistencies that have plagued them recently and push keep pushing up, and whether Villa, actually. Not Wolves. I think Wolves don't win em- enough. I think they draw too many. Although I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong because they are well. They've only strong. drawn four all season. Really? They're more likely to lose than draw this. Season. Oh yeah, no draw draw FC. That goes more to the likes of Brighton or indeed Crystal Palace. Palace. Yeah, Bright, Bright, Brighton are in double figures for draws. Well, um, Villa New- Villa are my outsized chance. For you. <laughs> Newcastle would be known for draws if they weren't known more for losses. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fitting actually that Brighton and Palace are both known as well are both draw FC this season and that their game finished a draw very fitting but Southampton, <laughs> Southampton and, and Newcastle both also have nine draws as well as Palace so and again like four teams that have a lot of draws you know how I, t- I said there may be a goal of the game week and James Ward James uh, Ward Prowse's free kick I forgot the Palace goal yes that's worthy of, that's worthy of mention all 11 players touched it uh, Ward turned into prime Cafu oh yeah no he did yeah a real team goal that was a genuinely good goal it was the sort of goal that Brighton would have wanted to score. It says a lot that for the last few visits, Palace have gone to, for, have gone to Brighton. They've had barely any shots on target, but scored practically from everyone. Especially, I think it was last season they were. I think they won two one or yes, was it two one? Yeah. It was two. The, uh, the only two chances they had basically. Yeah, that was the, the goal from Matata and the goal from Bentake, both of which were, I think, the only two touches that Palace had in the box the whole game. Yeah. Mad. That was that was, and the Bentake one was right at the death. So very much yes, the, the very definition of a smashing grab. I'm not sure. Would any of you have any Palace or Brighton players in your team this season? Um, well, organic <laughs> is an obvious choice. Yeah, um, I don't want. I don't want. Beyond this week, sorry, Ben. I know you've got three <laughs> Brighton players in, but uh, in terms of attacking players, because Neil Mapai is hot and cold. Gallagher's had a great season. Edouard is improving. Yeah, so, sort of improving. Um, he does look very. He does look really good. I I made the mistake of keeping Vicente Guaita in goal, but um, despite him, I think he is available. But at the minute they are, um, Palace are using Jack Butland more. Fair enough. Backing Butland. Well, I, I've I've currently got no Brighton or Palace players. I'll probably bring Gallagher back in. Uh, I'm likely I've to got do a wild so. card this week. I think Morpe yeah. Morpe might be a bit underrated, just a little bit. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him for what he did for the Leno thing, but he's. What's well, seven goals, a couple of assists. He's yeah. pretty fairly regular when he plays like when he plays ninety minutes. He was. I think there's only. He's yeah. He's good. Is that a revelation? We get? Sam, are you uh, using your wild card in game week twenty three? I will be using my wild card because Fair I free enough. hit last week to get away from the fact that I had a load of injuries and games that uh, wouldn't have been played. So I free hit to give myself a week, and I've come back, and more players are are now marked as injured. Do you have another so, free hit? Because I use both my free hits in basically oh, consecutive weeks to avoid I, the injury. I, I use my other free hit before Christmas, so it's going to oh, have to did, be a yes. wild card. Hmm. So, I, yeah, I probably won't do a wild card for this coming game week. I will likely... Nah. Um, Smith Rowe should be back, I think. If not, then I'll make I'll bring Gallagher in, I think, or Coutinho, depending on which team they're playing. And I'll have a look, but I'm not sure at the moment. I'll have to keep an eye on... Who gets an injury or who gets sick? Because you can't really tell nowadays, can you? Um, going back to the table, so it's interesting. So we talked about Chelsea, who are on forty-three. Tottenham are down in six, and they have four games in hand with thirty-three points. So they're only ten points off with four games in hand, which potentially 
puts them above Chelsea in third. Now, whether they'll win them all is, you know, debatable. One of them is Arsenal, who are on great form. Tottenham mm-hmm. are a bit more hit and miss. Although they've not lost in five, Tottenham. It's just that Tottenham lack the squad depth, especially now they're going to get rid of Ndombele and um, who's the Dutch player they brought in under Mourinho? Bergwijn. Um, Bergwijn. Bergwijn. Conte yeah. wants to get rid of him as well. So they're getting rid of... To be fair, neither of those players have impressed a lot, but uh, it's definitely... Tottenham have a rebuilding job going on at the moment. So Yeah, and they're going to have to play would these be games. Lucky for them. Yes. And they're going to have to play these games in presumably quite close succession. I mean, they've only played 18. Arsenal have two games in hand and are uh, over Chelsea and are eight points behind them. So less potential to get there, but could definitely uh, move above West Ham and into the top four with their uh, games in hand. Of West Ham, Arsenal, Tottenham, which is likely to be the most consistent? I think definitely Arsenal are the most likely to be consistent, as they are at the mm. minute. It's difficult because they've got a lot of issues at the moment. But... I'm, I'm not sure, really, because so Palmer wants to say West Ham. Well, based on... Palmer thinks Arsenal have the, possibili- the, yeah. have the possibility of doing it, but we're not really sure of those three. I think Chelsea will likely be third, but then, yeah, fourth place is up for grabs for we, these three see, teams. Based on recent form, it looks like Spurs, probably. Mm. I don't know. Really, do you think... Would you say the League Cup was an aberration? Maybe. Well, to- so to- Tottenham have, in the last five games, they've drawn 2-1-3. Arsenal have won four, lost one. So I guess it's... And that one was against Man City? Yes, that very good game, yeah. Um, so maybe uh, Arsenal, in terms of recent form, have got the edge. Yeah, because yeah. in fair, yeah, f- fair enough, actually, if the loss is against Man City, it's not... <laughs> and and they they yeah. they have the points on the board, but Tottenham do have two games in hand over them, and are only two points behind them. Ah, so it's it, it you know, it, it can go either way. But one of those games is against Arsenal. So if Arsenal win that, that two points becomes five points. That North London derby has a lot at stake, it, which makes it, it more does. interesting. I like it when a derby means something, aside from local rivalry, when there's status at stake. If if that derby had happened this weekend, if it hadn't had to have been postponed, then it would have really affected because we had the entire bottom part of the table shift i mean norwich are no longer on the route to the bottom burnley are now quite firmly there whereas norwich have got a win and moved only one point away from safety as in one point away from the fourth team from the bottom mm. <laughs> definitely not safety um yeah that, that could have completely changed the the landscape especially with west ham losing arsenal could have gone into fourth or tottenham could have gone above arsenal it's a bit difficult to say with um like how with the relegation landscape at the minute because Burnley still only 17 games so yeah. with all those games in hand though you just want to see what happens first once all those games are played and then though that that, the that might not is, happen until towards the end of the season so yeah they will luckily be pushed back until spring i think the, the problem is they're going to be playing them in quick succession yeah. and they don't have a stri- there's there's only 2 weeks of the transfer window left they still don't have a striker well a replacement for chris wood well that's that's the crux sorry that's the crux of the matter with burnley actually with woods uh, the sale of wood some argue that um, or some online, I've been keeping an eye on this because it, I, was, I was surprised that Newcastle managed to poach him so quickly. It's, I understand that Newcastle triggered the release clause for 25, clause for 25 million, so yep. Burnley basically had to sell. But then is that, I don't think that's com- completely confirmed. If it is, then Burnley need to start scrambling around and finding a replacement. If it yeah. isn't, then well, maybe well, Burnley had it. a backup plan in the first place. Either way, they do need to bring someone in. Because otherwise, it's a really poor piece of business. It's great for Newcastle. It was very clever. Just oh, For Newcastle, it's great. But for, for cutting Burnley, a rifle no. down. Yeah, because even if Chris Wood doesn't perform for Newcastle... He can't perform for Burnley by being at Newcastle, yeah. 
Exactly. And like when Wilson comes back in, you've got other options uh, if you're Newcastle. Um, it could be interesting, though, because there is the a, a slim, very slim, but there is the potential for three teams to go down, none of whom were newly promoted hmm. in Burnley, Newcastle and Everton. That would make a refreshing difference. It's annoying when clubs go up and down. It like. would be a uh, it, it would be a spectacle. I I I'm, I don't think that will happen. Oh yeah, it would be massive. <laughs> if how much of that? Down. How much are you putting? How how important is the name? Just the status. So I feel like you're looking at Everton as relegation candidates. You're looking at them in the same way as you sort of dismiss West Ham as the least likely to keep up their top four form, just because they're West Ham. They're not Arsenal, Tottenham. The same true, thing, true. It's just the uh, name. name name does mean a lot, though. To be fair, yeah. I mean, it's it's because because name 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 means um means prestige and players and and all that. Also reflects stuff. size. Name reflects size. And Everton, aside from being a big name, is a fairly big club. Yeah, yeah well, they 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 are. Um, that said, so I think Everton can draw yeah. Everton can because Newcastle is a big club. Newcastle is huge. Yeah. Um, they can draw players. Uh, they can draw. They definitely can now. They've got the money. So if Newcastle can start picking up points, then you know they'll probably spiral and end up going quite quite well up. Um, if they can't, then then they're in trouble. But yeah, I think Everton have enough draw to get in a manager who can keep them up. Yeah. But there is still a slim possibility that all three will be relegated, and it would be quite a sight to see. Yeah, especially yeah with sure. Everton, because I mean, I mean, unfortunately Everton. Remember the example of Schalke from just last season, a club that plays in royal oh, yeah. blue and has cross-town rivals that were previously managed by Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> <laughs> the parallels are uncanny. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I would like to see it on the uh, from 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 the point of view of it would be, I think, unprecedented. I think is is a, is given Everton's history right. in the top flight, it would be yeah. definitely. So, are there any matches we've missed off? I know we've talked we've talked about the table and how drastically that has changed. I think we've covered most of the games except we mentioned Brighton Crystal Palace. There was a couple midweek from from last week, which was West Ham and Southampton. Uh, no, sorry, West Ham versus Norwich and Southampton versus Brentford. Oh yes, the Saints uh, beat Brentford four uh, one. Very convincing that one. Very convincing uh, in front of their new owners. Yep, the. It's not a massive buyout, but it will be interesting to see what they use that money for. Because Southampton have usually made money by selling prospects, so young, good mm-hmm. talent. Um, I think. So I, I think we saw this actually. Change. We we saw this result as we were finishing recording the last episode, right? Because I remember being like, "What for one?" <laughs> oh yes. Um, but yeah, uh, and West Ham beat Norwich two nil. Uh, interestingly, Moyes Moyes used that as the reason West Ham lost to Leeds. The uh, which, you know, interesting. Oh, because they played a midweek game, but Norwich also did, and Norwich went and won and played the day before. On that subject, do you, do you want to uh, touch upon the controversy surrounding postponements and how it's disrupting? Because we we've seen on television fairly recently criticisms of teams seemingly can- cancelling because they just want to. Do you think um, that either team should just play what they have, go one way or the other? Because it seems to be a bit of a mess at the moment. Then again, the situation is a bit... Yeah, it's not an easy situation. No, because on on the one hand, you've got the fact that the games have to be played and they have to be played by the end of the season, which means there is a time limit because you have to have the last game all played at the same time. That's that's not just Premier League tradition, but it it means basically you know what you have to do going into it as well, uh, and it, and it makes it more entertaining because because you know everything is happening at once. Um, so they have to be played before the last last game week. You don't want you d- you don't want to be going into that game week having to play three games. <laughs> 
uh, two days apart over the over the last week uh, going into that last thing. You, the games have to be played, and they have to be played in a relatively short space of time now. I think there's three months left of the season after the international break. There's not a lot, and it's not a lot to fit in. Well, with Burnley, it's five games now. And I think every team has faced this postponement at I'm this pretty point. pretty sure most, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Only three teams have played 22 games. Uh, one of them is West Ham, who played Norwich. That was their catch-up from when Norwich had postponed it before. Um, I assume Man City and Chelsea haven't had postponements, which makes sense. They're the teams with the biggest squads, the ones most able to handle it. Although uh, Thomas Tuchel did try and... We has complained in the past, and Chelsea did try and get a game delayed. I can't remember which game it was. But I don't think Chelsea really have the need to. They have such a no. huge squad, and 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 yeah. un- unless there's like when they played those games, they were still playing world class players. Yeah. The, 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 which means it was a, it was frivolous. Like it would have been awful to have that postponed at that point. I guess the most it the most controversial. Well, the only two this week are, are Arsenal and Burnley. I think right, and yeah. Burnley who have just lost their striker. And some people think it's because uh, because of that that they're just trying to to you know get a grip while they uh, can recover their players. Meanwhile, Arsenal have players yeah. out. Xhaka uh, was carded. Um, they have players out at Afcon. It's cynical bordering. Uh, sorry, cynical bordering on uh, conspiratorial. Really, when you're criticizing yeah. a club for that kind of idea, it's, the, the thing uh, is, it's... you have to treat them. You have to treat all the clubs the same. So whatever yeah. they decide, they have to apply that equally. And they have their rule of thirteen plus plus a keeper, a thirteen outfield players plus a keeper. But I don't know. It's it, it's it's weird. It's a weird one. I think they need to. I think it's got to come to a stop at some point and some point soon because we can't have postponements going for so long, except in maybe extenuating circumstances. There's going to be a pile up at this rate. Um, yeah. Springtime. <laughs> Especially for teams who already have so many postponed. It's different if 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 COVID rips through Man City right now and they need to postpone a single game while they get things up. And we're talking like completely rips through their squad, their backup squad, their backup backup squad because they've got so many players. Um, the youth team, the the youth team, which is probably better than most. <laughs> um, then you know they, they, they've not they've not had any postponements. They've got the room in their schedule. schedule. They've got to play European football as well, but they've got the room in their schedule compared to a team like Burnley that just doesn't have that room. So at some point, those postponements have to stop for Burnley, whereas teams like Man City and Chelsea have more leeway now. Also, Europe doesn't kick uh, off again until February time. Um, so the worst of this latest flu wave will likely be over by then. Mm. So it, it, decreasing the likelihood of there being more cancellations, but you never know. You never know. It, it, it it's, it's really difficult. And I think... Because the the worst thing they could do would be to say, if you can't fulfill the fixture, you lose it. Because that takes away all the entertainment value of, of the sport. Yeah. We've, we've talked about that before, how yeah. entertainment is the is the lifeblood of football. You can't just do that. But the games do have to be played, and there has to come a point where you can can no longer do it. It's also like there's really yeah. annoying for fans as well. Like If fans are making the journey yeah. towards a game and they postpone the game... like just hours before it's due to be played, which has happened a couple of times. I mean, they're, they're probably doing a bit better on it now. They're doing it a day in advance or whatever. But when they do mm. it like, an, like a couple of hours in advance, it's just, it's not fair. It's not fair for people who are making yeah. making the journey. No, definitely not. It's it's it, it's a failing of the Premier League, not any of the specific clubs. What do you think about player positions? As in how cut and dry is a player's position that, that it could be up to them to say, like, is it up to the manager to say, no, we're not, like, if it's 
basically, if it's teetering on this one player being able to play this position, like putting Marie, I saw one of the lineups for Arsenal players who could have played. One of them had Marie, Pablo Marie at right back, Ben White in midfield. Some of them are reasonable, reasonable to expect. Some of them, I don't know. I, I remember James McArthur getting played at left back. So that was, um, it's, it's all possible. So, yeah, it, it's another thing as well, because that's not taken into account with the 13 outfield players plus a goalkeeper, is it? It's 13 outfield players. It's not one in each position. To be fair, pl- players should be within reason versatile anyway. You should be able to patch up positions if, if you need to. Not all players can, not all players have that ability. You certainly wouldn't want, uh, if, if you've got, 13 strikers available and no defenders. You don't really want your strikers playing in defence. Um, well, you could argue it's the manager's job to adapt to the tools at it, his disposal, you, you just can, change the system. Yeah. You can, but there, there are like, there are there are levels to it, right? Like a defender, a centre-back a centre playing in centre-mid, probably not the end of the world. I mean, they would they, They'd just basically be a CDM without a very strong yeah. awareness of midfield, yeah. So, slightly different awareness, but you should be trained to at least try and adapt. Yeah, they are professionals. There aren't really, to be honest, beyond the goalkeeper position, there aren't really strict rules on positions in football. Um, It's not, it's not like in like NFL where there are like strict requirements on um, the sort of players that you can have on the field at one time. Um, So like you, to, to be to be honest with you, I I would suggest that it's a case of all your players have to play for the team, um, depending on requirements. So you get. So to that end, you get instances of um, outfield players having to play in goal when there aren't goalkeepers available, or where you've like exhausted all your subs, so you can't bring on a different goalkeeper. That's true, but, you, but it's up to the Premier League. Can the Premier League force? They can't. Like in the middle of a game. No, but they can say no you've got the players available, therefore you play or you or you lose. And if the option is play or lose, more often than not, play your strikers at centre back and fulfil the fixture. And that's quite entertaining. Um, then, then most teams would choose to play, right? And it's also not fair in in that, like, because of the fixture pile up, it will probably prompt more midweek fixtures towards the end of the season, which usually isn't ideal for fans because obviously most people are working or at school or whatever. Whereas on the weekends, it's not not as much of a problem. It's just further yeah. further emphasizing the kind of problem with midweek fixtures and so just ensuring that more of that happens towards the end of the season due to fixture pile-up is not something you really want to encourage. So avoid postponements as much as possible. That's all for this week's episode of Flies on the Ball. We will see you next week. Bye.